Hey there, and thank you for listening to the Dream Center Peoria podcast. Dream Center Peoria exists to impact families living in poverty, starting with kids and youth. If you want to learn more about what we're up to at the Dream Center, you can find us online at dreamcenterpeoria.org or on social media at Dream Center Peoria. Thanks for listening. Well, hi, everyone. This is Andy King, and uh, you're listening to Dream Center Peoria's New Reality podcast. As you uh, may have remembered, we've been doing these podcasts uh, during the COVID-19 time, and uh, we just wanted to stay connected with people and also uh, to be able to hear good stories, uplifting stories of what's going on, not just at the Dream Center in Peoria, but all over the place. And today is going to be one of those days. Um, This is awesome for me. Uh, You are going to be introduced today to a a gentleman called Ketrick. Ketrick Newell is um, one of my best friends. And uh, we share a lot. We talk. uh, And so you'll get to know how I met Ketrick. But Ketrick, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Good to have you with us. We're going to have a, a great 30 minutes or so. Ketrick and I connected. Um, it's now three and a half years ago, four years ago, where for a period of, of my journey, um, I was on the staff down at Cross Point Church in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, my role at that point in going to Cross Point was to really um, oversee uh, at that time, the three dream centers that they had. Ketrick uh, runs the Teen Dream Center in Nashville, Tennessee, and is doing an incredible work. Um, and we'll be talking a little bit about everything that he does. But not only does he do Teen Dream Center in Nashville, he's also a motivational speaker. He's a father, a husband. He is an incredible guy. When you start to hear this guy's story, You'll understand why we got him on the podcast today. Uh, but Ketrick, thank you for doing this today. I know you're, you're pretty busy with some young kids running around. <laughs> yeah, this just gives me a little break away. It's, it's, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, we, we have three boys, so it's, it's crazy around, this, around our house these days. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you just uh, taking the time to talk to us. Ketrick, tell us a little bit about you. And, and, you know, I've mentioned about you run a dream center, a teen dream center that really is designed for students. Um, But how did you get to this point from growing up? What what was your story? Yeah, so I grew up in in Oklahoma. And so I grew up there. um, Growing up, I I lived in a bunch of different places in Oklahoma. We kind of moved around a lot. Um, Well-known fact, I had a mullet. It was permed. So you know, wow. yeah. So take that Joe exotic. And so, um, <laughs> and I'm from Oklahoma. So, uh, whatever. Wow. So, Wait, I think, there, I think there's too much, there's too much connection here. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, but, uh, growing up, I would just live in these different towns cause my dad, uh, he worked different route jobs for, uh, different, different companies. And so we got to move around and I lived in some bigger towns and some smaller towns and um, my story is I, I wasn't really raised in church. And so uh, the second time to ever step foot in church, I, I, was, uh, I, went, I was in my English class in seventh grade. And there was this girl in there that I thought was cute. 
and she invited me to church and I thought it was a date. So I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and uh, so I went to church and uh, ended up going, getting to church and um, her dad was the youth pastor. So, um, so he ended up talking about a spring break retreat and all I heard was him say go-karts. And so I was like, sign me up. And then I said, she, are you going? She said, yeah. And I was like, date number two, let's go. And so we, we, I signed up for this, you know, you know retreat and some of you know the drill. Uh, I got tricked, right? I thought I was going there for go-karts and girls and I ended up finding Jesus. And so, wow. and that was kind of how it happened. Seventh grade spring break, someone got up and gave the gospel. And I remember going to this, this back room with this green carpet. And I remember them leading me through, uh, just what it looks like to start a relationship with Jesus. And that was the beginning for me. And I was a kid growing up with a reading disability. And so I couldn't really understand anything I really read. And someone handed me um, the message Bible before there was like Old Testament. It was just Psalms and Proverbs and New Testament. Um, and I, that summer I moved to a new town and I, could, I picked up the Bible and I could just understand it. And so I began to like, devour the word that summer because I didn't have any friends when I moved to this new town and I just would begin to share it. And for a lot of people, it was just a breath of fresh air um, yeah. because I'd never heard these stories. So they were exciting to me and I didn't have a lot of things to filter through. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, have you heard? Oh, this is crazy. And, and it, it just, that's kind of how it started for me of just really falling in love with the scriptures and falling in love with the Jesus that i the only thing I really knew growing up was that you believe in God because that's what good people do. But I didn't understand what it looked like to have a relationship with Jesus until that moment. So that's where it really changed for me. Wow. And so from there, I don't know. I mean, from there, it's uh, I just kept digging in, going to camps and retreats as a kid and experiencing Jesus in these different ways and, and really cool moments. And I really felt like at some point in there, I felt like I was supposed to do ministry but I didn't think I would be a pastor. I thought I would work with and alongside churches. And, um, and along the way, God just kind of opened doors for that to happen. I was going to college, going to uh, go to high school, and then went to college at UCO, University of Central Oklahoma in Edmond. Um, two years into that, my dad, um, he came down with cancer. He's a little Debbie man, Silnoma cream pies, zebra cakes. And I was coming back from a passion conference in Nashville, Tennessee, right here. Now I live here, but I once was in Oklahoma and I was driving back to Oklahoma from Nashville on a bus. And the night before in that service, I felt like the Lord said, I'm about to move you. And I didn't know what it meant. But on right as we got over the bridge in Memphis, my mom called and she said, uh, your dad has cancer. And instantly I felt like, man, I'm moving home. I'm moving home. That's it. That's what the Lord was saying. So I quit college, went and worked my dad's little Debbie route for eight or nine months while he was going through treatments and going through, I mean, going through his cancer stuff. And I was working the route. I was a little Debbie man. So no more cream pies, zebra cakes, you know, oh, it's better man. than drugs. You know what I mean? Yeah, come on. And so I was selling the number one snack cake in the world to people. So come on. And so I'm not trying to brag, but so for six days a week, uh, 60 hour plus days, you know, working this route. And there was a lot of days in there that you're going, man, am I, am I doing what I'm, I, I know that I am, but it feels backwards and in yeah. a different direction than I thought I was headed. 
And at that point, I'd been speaking at retreats and weekend things and different events and denals and all this other stuff. And um, nine months in, my dad's back on the route, eight or nine months in, he's back on the route doing well. And I said, hey, I'm going to go up to the church in Oklahoma that I used to go to, which was Life Church. And uh, I went up there on a Sunday night. I'd spoken there on a Wednesday, some Wednesday nights. The youth pastor really took me and allowed me to do that when I was in college. And the pastor, after the service, pulls me aside and says, hey, what are you doing here? And I said, well, uh, I don't know. My dad's done with cancer, but I think I'll probably still stay there, maybe do some speaking stuff and work part time. I'm not sure. I'm just trying to figure it out. He said, well, would you pray about seeing if the Lord might have you apply to the youth pastor position here? And in my head, I'm like, mm, I'll pray about it. But in my head, I'm like, no, I'm good. Uh, the pa- I don't know if I want to do the pastor thing. And I think there was a fear there. I think I knew I was called to ministry, but I think there was a fear in that. I was 22 years old. Um, so I left there, went to a Starbucks right on campus. It's back in the day when I could handle white chocolate milk frappuccinos. It wouldn't blow me up. Um, <laughs> and weight-wise, anyway, and because uh, my metabolism worked well back then. Um, and so I got white chocolate mocha frappuccino set down. The day was August 7th and I opened my devotional, Henry Blackaby, experiencing God day by day. I opened that devotional up. The top line, August 7th said now exclamation point. And it said this would be disciple one to wait and bury his father before going with Jesus. And the only thing I prayed between the church and that Starbucks was Lord, if you want me to do this, I just need to know that my dad's going to be okay and you're going to take care of him. Mm-hmm. And that line, now exclamation point, I wanted to, he said he wanted to wait and bury his father before going with Jesus. It caught my attention. And it wow. said, this son, he said, God knew this man and he knew this man's son. God would have taken care of this man's father if the son would have followed Jesus. Wow. The time to minister to others may pass you by. The time to respond is now. If you have that devotional, August 7th, open it up. It's there. And I just was like, Lord, what in the world is this? And I called my parents. My mom had given her life to Jesus in the past six months prior to that. She's crying on the phone. My parents are like, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. And so I, I said, okay, I went in the next day, did an interview. And a week and a half later, two weeks later, I was on staff. Uh, and I was one of the youth pastors of a student ministry of like 650 kids. Wow. It was crazy at 22. It was a blast. Some of the best years of ministry. Um, but that's how I got into student ministry. And wow. then fast forward, that was five years. Then one of my buddies, Blake Bergstrom, um, he called me up. He was on staff at uh, Life Church as well, but then ended up coming to Nashville to Cross Point. He was a campus pastor in Nashville campus. Calls me up, two years of him being here and says, hey, we're looking for a youth pastor. I think you're the guy. Mm. I'm like, no, I'm good, thanks. I'm just about to get married to my wife. We're good, just bought a house. Thank you, but no thanks. And the flood happened, so they put it on hold. Long story short, eventually, um, they call back and say, will you come up here and check it out? So within a day apart, two churches in Nashville had contacted me about being the student pastor in the Nashville area. So I said, all right, fine, we'll go check it out. And we did, and now... I came on staff as a student pastor at Cross Point, then eventually led into us, me going to, when we moved downtown, Nashville location, highest crime rate, highest poverty rate, started going to Maplewood High School, uh, just a rough school here in town, started going to lunches, and they're looking at this, like, who's this, who's this old uncle, who's this white <laughs> old uncle showing up here, 
at the lunches. He'll be gone soon. And I just kept showing up every week. And with eight to nine months, our student ministry was 85 to 90% inner city. And I'd never done inner city ministry before. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that when one of the kids came up to me on a Wednesday night, he said, Ketrick, tonight I just realized to sell drugs to keep my mom off the street isn't okay. I thought because I was doing something good with the money, it made it okay to do it. Mm. And he said, tonight I realized that that's not, that's not okay. And in that moment I went, Lord, Lord, whatever you want to do with these kids, I'll do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. I'm just saying I'm in and you're a really good father and you know how to father them. And would you father them through me? Wow. And, and that was the beginning of that crazy prayer. And by December, I think it was of that next year. Uh, well, that happened. And then we went to the Dream Center in L.A. Yeah. Tell and, us about that, because that's where God really like yes. got a hold of you. Yeah. you got, God already had an amazing plan for your life. Yeah. Um, but it was as though, OK, you thought it was going to be youth pastoring. But now I'm going to show you an even more strategic way to impact young people. Tell us about that trip to L.A. and how that all changed everything. Yeah. So when we went out to LA, I took 18 kids out there on a mission trip just to go serve. And I just remember watching these men in their thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties going through their two year discipleship program. Mm -hmm. And I, they were leading us through our trips. And I just remember thinking in my head, Jesus, this is amazing. This is unbelievable. Um, But what if we, what if we could start early? What if we could get them at seventh grade? At first, it was ninth grade. Now we do seventh grade. But what if we could get them earlier and we could, we could give them fathers, spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers in their lives to show them how to do life so that when they're 30s, 40s, and 50s, they're not starting over. They're living the life that God has. Yeah. And I didn't see it at first, but I, I, when I was there, I just got a taste of it. And I was like, Lord, if that's you, then show us. And that's where it happened. It was just like, this is, I think the Lord's in this. I think he wants to do something with this. And we started praying about it. Um, and then um, I was on vacation because that was in July and August. We went on a little vacation, me and Ash. And I read when Joshua and Caleb, when they said, give me that land. Mm. And they said the land, and it was the land that no one else wanted. Mm. And I remember thinking, Lord, that's the land I want. Yeah. I want the land that no one thinks anything good can come from it. Oh, I want to show the world that, that good things can come from, from really dark places. And that he, if, if, if a flower can bloom in a dark room, everyone will come to see it. Yeah. And I believe that to be true today. I believe he's in redeeming people. He's into bending down where they are and lifting them up to where they should have been this whole time. That is what Jesus has always done. Every story in the New Testament is him bending down and lifting them up and giving them honor and giving them an understanding of who they always could have been. And so for me, you just get addicted to it. You know this. It just becomes a good addiction, right? Like, let's go. Like, (laughs) I want the addiction, like, that's life-giving and that at the end of it, there's no regret, and man, I think that that's our job. I think our job is to help people 
find who they are always meant to be um, by standing on our shoulders. And we get that opportunity. And so that's where the Teen Dream Center began. Um, we raised a bunch of money in December and made it a project for our church at Cross Point of like a, a Dream Big event. And, and we raised a bunch of money and we started uh, the Teen Dream Center. And that was uh, five years ago. Is it five years ago? Fifth, 2015. So it'll be five years ago, June 5th of this year. So in a couple months. What, is, what have been some of the highlights, mate? I mean, I know you've, yeah. you're, you are living the dream as far as just you, you're in the perfect will of God for that city and what's going on. But what, what are some of the things that you go, you look back and you say, that was full on God and I'm glad I was in the journey. So I think there's a couple things. Um, I think getting here, part of the thing was, you know, my mom, my mom was raised in a really, really just a, a growing up in, in a tough environment. And I think it was her. She's the only one of her seven brothers and sisters that really, truly got out. And I didn't realize how much that impacted me and what I do today yeah, until I'm yeah. in the middle of it going, my mom did that for me. My mom did that for my sister. My mom did that for my brother. Like she is the one out of her seven brothers and sisters that truly did live life. And so there's something that, that, that's in me already that I didn't realize till after. But when I look at my students, I mean, let's just take this year alone. Um, this year we had two girls, RK and Angel, um, that they, they've gone to Belmont. They got full rides to Belmont. Mm. And so what so happened- Bel though, Belmont's a university in Nashville, correct? Yeah, yeah. We're wow. talking a $200,000 scholarship each. Wow. And and, and we're, we're, we're talking about two girls that when they came into our program, didn't want to talk to anyone, didn't want to look anyone in the face, wanted to do their own thing. And they started working our coffee program and started working in the summertime, 25 hours a week, coming in. And every Thursday for 10 minutes, we would just say, hey, tell me about you. We just take time. We're paying you. Just tell me about you. We just tricked them just like I got tricked right in seventh grade. Like we tricked them and we paid them to hang out with us because we're not that cool. And so they, they came for the money and and they worked and they learned and they did job skill classes and personal finance classes and in the process they built relationships and learned how to walk through conflict but in that too it gave them a vision and it gave mm -hmm. them a purpose and it gave them they they did these um they did these shadowing job shadowing and uh like a spring uh, a spring break um like job shadow or like a uh, internship and RK she got to shadow the only um, black female judge in Davidson County judge Walker Wow! and it blew her mind yeah yeah like th this powerful woman runs this courtroom she's a black woman that runs this courtroom oh my gosh and it blew her mind so she got a vision she started studying with one of our mentors Andy that's an amazing scientist she's smarter than anybody that I know and, and not as smart as you, but she's smarter than anyone I know. Right. So I, right. I, under, I understand so, that. Yeah. 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 You get it. And so, yeah. but she, she helped her get a, get a plan on where she wanted to score her ACT and she blew it out of the water. Wow. RK ended up scoring a 31 on her ACT. That's, that's double what I scored. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, so, and she got a full ride to Belmont along with Angel and they live on campus. So they're not in their environments outside of that. And they're able 
they're able to, to, I mean, it's going to change their life forever. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And so that's just a couple of many of, of, you know, even the small things that we, that, you know, working, working with that there's so many breakthroughs that don't seem like a huge thing. And even, even in general, just giving them a safe place to process, giving them a safe place to just be able to shut it down. Yeah. I can have a crazy day, but there's a place at the end of the day where I can shut it down and I can process, you know, and I know living in reaction and living in, in, in just all the time, go, go, go. Um, and never being able to shut our brains down. Um, that takes a toll and giving them an opportunity to sit and think about what they're thinking about and come down from the craziness of life. Um, alone is an amazing thing but it's really cool when you get to see the plant and the harvest yeah that's and good it's it's taken a little bit because you have to have them for an extended period of time i think for what we do for them to first trust us right yeah yeah because the brain asks two things like when they walk into a situation it's it's do you care and is it safe do you care and is it safe and if we can answer we are safe then we can help them answer that we care Mm. And so that's what we get to do on a regular basis is to help them answer those two questions and help them experience that there's a God that is safe and that does care. That's good. Process. You know, we, and we, we see the same, we, and we'll get a little bit into what yeah. you do at Teen Dream Center in Nashville. But um, for those who's tuning in, we're talking with Ketrick, uh, from Nashville at the Teen Dream Center. He's the executive director down there and doing incredible work. Um, just tell us a bit about what you do. I know our worlds collided, uh, and um, one of the things that you guys do now was really just seeing something that we did in Peoria many years ago. We're still doing it, but you guys have took it to a, a new level. But why don't you just tell us about what the Teen Dream Center is, and then we'll break that down then as far as what you do. Yeah. So, so the vision of the Teen Dream Center, the mission statement of the Teen Dream Center is to help people break the cycles of their past to fully live the life that God has for them. Okay. So we want to help them break the, the lies of their past. And so how we do that is a couple different ways. And our vision is, is to help our students hear God and do what he tells them. Because if it doesn't matter what someone's going to do, the success of our student isn't a six-figure job, or it isn't always college. But if I can teach them to hear God's voice, he can navigate them through any situation and scenario the rest of their life. That's and good. so what we teach is three things. We teach mentorship, discipleship, and purpose. We believe that every kid needs an advocate in their corner. We believe that everyone needs someone to stand up for them when they've never had it before. They need someone consistent. They need someone telling them the truth. And they need someone to be there in their corner. That's what, that's what they need. And so we do that. The majority of every one of our kids, the common denominator is they don't have a father figure. And that's the truth for the majority of them. And so we want to help alleviate that. We want to help them see because we know that, that, that how people stay in poverty, why they stay in poverty, one of the biggest factors is, is, is the single family home, right? And so if we can give them that line, if we can help them in that, that we can help them, help them break some of the lies that they believed, and walk in that. And so give them an advocate in their corner. That's the, that, that is the mentorship. And the discipleship is just teaching them about God, majority and Jesus. Like the majority of the things that we teach on 
um, are really just navigating their questions and helping them walk through it. All of us, we know that, not for all of us, but the majority of us, if we have a God problem, it's probably because we had a father on earth problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's Our earthly father. And that's normally the, 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 the tension there is he wasn't there. He was distant. He was gone. So my God in heaven is gone distant and not there for me. And so we have to help them walk through some of those things. And so that, that's what we do. And we do some sort of teaching, some sort of truth, because we believe that it's not our opinions that will set us free. It's not our past that will set us free. It's his truth that's going to set us free. And so if we can keep that at the forefront, they can begin to learn. So discipleship, mentorship, and then the last thing is purpose. And so you helped us get this off the ground and when you were here. And we met with Frothy Monkey in town here. And it's a coffee shop, not a zoo. Uh, Joe Exotic. Again. Anyway, but it, it's, it, it's a place. No, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's, it's an amazing coffee shop. They have multiple places here and in some other, other cities as well. And they partner with us. And so they do, they do classes to teach our kids how to roast coffee. They teach them all the different aspects of the coffee and what to do and where it comes from and the history of. And they do uh, cupping and tasting. And, you know, it's hilarious when they do the tasting because, you know, you got all these sophisticated people like, they're, you know, like, oh, that I taste the berries. And it's like our kids will go, that tastes like drugs. You know, it's, like, it's hilarious. <laughs> I've heard it tastes like drugs. It tastes like black and milds. Uh, that tastes like dirt. And I think yeah. they're right. Um, but I drink it because I need it. And, and, so, and a lot of people are making money from it. <laughs> I know. It's a genius. And so, uh, and so it's hilarious. But they go there and learn those things. And we pay them $10 an hour uh, to work our coffee. We have a subscription coffee company. Uh, and, and through that program, our kids uh, work and make $10 an hour. Mm. Right there. That mission. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they work and make $10 an hour. And, uh, and then we also do job skill classes, personal finance classes. Um, and, and then we do the, the, mentor, the internships uh, during the year. And this is just a place for them to teach them how to manage their money, teach them some of the um, hidden secrets of poverty. Every, right. every generation, whether you're, I mean, every, every systemic you know, situation that we live in, whether it's poverty, middle class, or upper class, they have hidden secrets. I don't know if you ever heard of Ruby Payne. She does an amazing book called The Frameworks of Poverty and it sold like 6 million copies. It's unbelievable. But she talks about these hidden rules that are in these. And, and, and one of those are just that uh, fate is it not, what it means is that my choices don't change anything. Mm. That's a hidden rule in poverty. Yeah, yeah. So if we can teach them, no, 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 no your choices change things. Yeah. Look, you worked and you got paid. Look, you showed up on time and you got rewarded. Look, yeah. you put some money in the bank and you saved it. Like that's another hidden rule is spend it if you got it because you're not going to have it long. We can teach yeah. them that no, you can have it long. And so those are some of the things that we get to teach them that'll be skills and things that they need for the future, whether it's college or not. Right. Um, they have the things that they need to do life and to help, help them see a purpose that's ahead of them that's bigger than some of the things that maybe they saw growing up. How many uh, students are you seeing now, Ketrick, uh, involved in Teen Dream Center and then are all of them involved with the coffee pro program or is it just a handful? You know, for us, for instance, we have a, a trade school now that, um, you know, we have a carpentry studio, we have a motor mechanics 
Um, we have motorbike repair. Uh, we have uh, T-shirt printing. We have a 3D printing class, uh, electrical circuitry. So all these different things, we have, you know, 60 to 100 kids. And obviously everyone can't do uh, our coffee project, right? Because <laughs> only so many be in the room. So we've got many things and probably five to 10 are in each class and then they can they can move around you know uh, every semester and, and that type of thing we've had to do it that way just because of the crowd that's come in and um our coffee for instance i know you, you were talking about that uh just today someone um last year uh got us a brand new roaster like yeah legit roaster and we've just finally got it all plumbed in and everything if that's what they call it i don't know if it's plumbed in yeah. or not, but sure the, sure sure you, you know what i mean it sounds good the vents are working let's put it that way yeah, that's right. um, um you know and so we'll have a handful of kids we've started the coffee project back up um where just a few weeks ago before the shutdown uh they did the cupping and the kids were like this is nasty. Why are people making millions of dollars? And we're like, we don't know, but we need to get on the bandwagon of it. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where we had to divide it, divide and conquer in many different trades. Sure. Sounds like you guys are more on one, maybe two different things. Just tell us about how you do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Let me do one thing. I've got to plug my phone. It's about to die. I'm sorry. Hey, you're good. You're good. I'm going to unplug that so it might change the audio a little bit. But I got As you can tell, everyone, we are doing this live and uh, Ketrick is trying to run a family, trying to run a dream center, <laughs> trying, to, trying to keep his phone uh, charged so that it doesn't die. Um, but no, we, we, uh, we just appreciate Ketrick being with us today. He is taking time out to do this. So uh, you're good? You're charged up? Good. That's good. That was great. Um, so, so yeah, th there's, there's a couple things that we've done in this last season. Uh, we, we, the, the biggest thing we focus on is the coffee. So the, the thing that happens, we have the subscription coffee company. And then we also have, when the church, churches were open, we, we had all the different campuses that would have our coffee. They would buy our coffee every Sunday for their Sunday services. So we have like Church of the City East and Church of the City West, all the cross point five locations. Uh, we have a couple um, businesses in town. Uh, Ferguson Enterprises, they buy our coffee. We have, um, it's called um, Listening Room Cafe. They buy our coffee as their coffee. And so we have these different companies that buy it uh, weekly, you know, for their, for their businesses and also for churches. And then we have the subscription that we send out monthly to their homes. We'll send it right to your house. We'll, we'll wow. Prescription, subscription, whatever you need, we'll get it to you. We're, we're, we're the dealers. So we'll, we'll get it your way. Um, and so that's the big thing that we, we focus on and it really does everything we need to help our kids fully, um, work all those things out of how to be on time, how to do just the normal things that we know, um, or that we feel like we've learned growing up, but we've also partnered with a company this last year, um, that, that I don't know if they're in existence anymore, but they were, the shine project and they would actually work and make jewelry and they would do it as the teen dream center for the shine project. And then they would sell, they would sell that as well. And so they would come in and teach them how to make all the jewelry 
inspect it, send it out. And so that's a little bit of what we, uh, what we're a part of, but really the biggest thing that we focus on is, um, the coffee, the coffee side of awesome. what we do. Awesome. Ketrick, what, you know, I, I know we have a, a lot of people listening to this and, and, uh, they may just want to get to know you and the Teen Dream Center in Nashville. Uh, I know you've written a book as well, and you do a lot of speaking. We have been trying to get you at Mission Peoria for the last three years. I thought we were going to get you this year, and then we had to cancel Mission Peoria. So, yeah. uh, so next year we're going to try and get Ketrick to come and speak at Mission Peoria 2021. But I know you do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Tell us a bit about how people could connect with you but then also connect with the Teen Dream Center. If there may be someone out there that's just like, hey, yeah. I want to bless the Teen Dream Center. They're breaking cycles of poverty in students. How, can, how could they do that? How can they help you do what you're doing? So you can connect with me on Zoom. I'm just kidding. That's the only way um, for all of us right now. You say, yeah, you do a lot of speaking. I don't do any speaking right now, man. I'm just hanging out at the house with kids, you know, trying to keep them alive. Um, but... Uh, the best way to get a hold of me, um, as far as speaking goes, is Ketrick.tv. So it's like metric with a K, Ketrick.tv. Uh, there you can find all the stuff of booking and uh, my book and all that stuff as well, too. I wrote a book called Liar, Liar, Mold on Fire. Um, and so uh, we'll talk about that later. It's really how to recognize lies, how to replace guys with lies with God's truth, and then how to resist the lies when they come back. And I wrote it uh, when I was like 27. So it's a long time ago. And so uh, there's that. And then the best way as far as Teen Dream Center goes is just teendreamcenter.com. Um, you can go there and um, you can find everything out about subscription coffee. If you want to purchase that and have our kids, you know, be a part of that um, or um, and anything else. Giving, you can find there. You can find information more about what we do. Uh, maybe you're in Nashville or around here and you're hearing this. Um, you want to get involved. You can also find out ways of getting involved at that place as well. So that's a little bit uh, of where you can find me. Great. Well, Ketrick, it's been awesome having you on the podcast today. And uh, for everyone that's listening, please go and check out uh, Ketrick's website or the Teen Dream Center website. Uh, in Nashville. If you're in Nashville, I know a lot of folks go to Nashville. Um, just can try and connect with Ketrick through the website, go and see what they're doing. Uh, it, it really is an incredible setup, not just with Teen Dream Center, but also Crosspoint Church. Uh, Ketrick's on staff there that they recently were hit uh, with the tornado. Um, they're doing every, I mean, I know everyone's doing on church online at the minute, but they're, they are having to because their church was hit with a tornado, amazing church in the Nashville area. And, uh, pastor Kevin queen is the pastor out there. That's just doing an incredible job. Um, so if you're in Nashville, look up Ketrick and the teen dream center on cross point. And, uh, and again, thank you for listening to uh, this podcast, New Reality Podcast with Dream Center Peoria. And uh, we want to stay connected to you as well. So there's a few ways you can do that. DreamCenterPeoria.org is the best way to stay connected with all the different things that are happening right now, especially as we're trying to pivot and move uh, and meet needs within the community. Um, also, um, through social media at Dream Center Peoria is another great way to stay connected with us. 
during this time and not just now but into the future i know there's going to be many people that have connected with us through these podcasts uh, but into the future, as we start doing events and being able to get people to volunteer, if you're in the Peoria area, make sure you're getting a hold of us and getting involved. Ketrick said it right. When you want to break cycles of poverty, especially in young people, the best way is through consistency. If you can be consistent in trying to be with someone, whether that's a single mom, whether that's a homeless lady whether that's a teenager whoever it is consistency always wins and so being there for people that are at their lowest is the way that you can be jesus to them and ketrick i appreciate you for what you do in nashville how you do it your passion your enthusiasm uh, you never take no for an answer you never see a wall you just jump over it i just want to Thank you for how you serve that area. And uh, I'm praying that people get connected with you through this. Uh, and so thank you, Ketrick, for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Dream Center Peoria podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you know of anyone that would be interested in hearing about what we just talked about, we would encourage you to share this episode with them. Be sure to stay tuned for future episodes. Thanks. Thanks.